The Buffalo Beat is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Bill's ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have already downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. There is... An in-app panoramic seat view that gives you photos from every single section, no matter the venue you're trying to go to. You can find tickets across all major leagues and teams, and the app is a uh, simple, easy, two-tap checkout. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Beat here. However you are joining us, if uh, you are listening to us uh, on the Athletic Podcast Network, thank you very much for subscribing. Um, If you are listening to us on any of the other platforms, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Play, uh, Spotify, whichever have you, um, please be sure to rate and subscribe to our show. It, It helps us and continues to make us be able to to do this thing. But uh, the Buffalo Bills will be taking on the surprising 2-6 Cleveland Browns, who just uh, lost to the Denver Broncos this past weekend by a score of 24-19. to And certainly one of those games where no one was really anticipating them to lose just because they were up against a, uh, a quarterback also with the last name of Allen, Brandon Allen. And even though he wasn't great, still did enough for, for them to win. Some broken tackles in there. But we'll get into all of that and what, what Cleveland has to offer. But uh, from a Bills perspective, Matthew Fairburn, what uh, what are they looking at going into this game? Because you know this is a team that still has some questions in terms of the run defense and uh, of course, that was a big to-do, specifically on Wednesday. I can't tell you how many times I heard the word gap integrity throughout the day. Too many. I know. Uh, that, was, uh, that was the word of the day. And, you know, I think the run defense is going to continue to be a topic of conversation until they figure it out. And this is a very tough week uh, for that run defense because you're going up against Nick Chubb, one of the most talented running backs in football, and the Cleveland Browns also get Kareem Hunt back this week. And mm-hmm. who knows how much he'll be involved, but still a, a, a talented player uh, who, if he's out in space and, and they find ways to get him involved, we saw what Miles Sanders did to this team. So, you know, the offensive line in Cleveland has been a mixed bag, to say the least, but they have been able to run the football at times. So, it's not going to be a situation like against Washington where you can just stack the box and and hope for the best because Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry will make you pay on the outside. So, uh, you know, this is a weird, weird game in a lot of ways because yeah. the Browns are really a talented team. There's a reason they were getting a lot of hype before the season. They're not particularly well coached, and that tends to be the problem. And their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, is also – not living up to um, you know the the bar he set his rookie season. So, I would even argue he has taken steps back this year. 
He certainly has. I mean, in every statistical category, and even when you watch him, he's not mm-hmm. as comfortable as mm-hmm. he was down the stretch last season. So it's, you know, the situation that Cleveland is in is a little bit bizarre. Uh, I mean, I know Baker Mayfield has a new quarterbacks coach and, you know, there was some, you know, change, but Freddie Kitchens was there last year. You would, you would think that, um, you know, there would have been some carryover and what they were able to do in the second half. And they have had a really tough schedule, I think, to, um, you know, to be fair to them, but two and six is two and six. Yeah. And the way the, the way Baker Mayfield has looked, um, I don't think is entirely because of the schedule. So this, you don't want to be the team that gives them a little bit of confidence and lets them get rolling because they are pretty talented and on both sides of the ball too. So that's where, you know, the, the fear is, I think for some bills fans is, you know, is this going to be the week that Cleveland starts to put it together? Is this going to be, uh, you know, are the bills going to be the team that, that helps Cleveland get right. And, you know, they're a scary enough team to get rolling on you. So you don't want to, you don't want to give them confidence early in the game. And I also think there's the potential for this Cleveland crowd to turn on their own team. Mm -hmm. If things, you know, get ugly early, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if people are showing up with paper bags over their heads. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some booze for for this Browns team, so well, there will certainly into, be booze in the crowd for this Browns team. The, yeah, I of, mean, of the I, alcohol I think, variety. Well, there will be plenty of booze. Yes, uh, I, I don't know how you get through being a Browns fan otherwise. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Boo Birds come out. If you know Baker Mayfield and company get off to a slow start, because oh, yeah. you know. And there's going to be plenty of people from Buffalo, I'm sure, traveling to this game. It's only a three-hour drive. So this this will be an interesting one. And it's one, I don't think it's quite one where you can sit there and say, oh, if the Bills win this, they've answered the questions about their level of competition. Because the Browns are 2-6 and six and not playing great football. But it would arguably be the, well, actually, I would say it would be the most talented offense they've beat if they beat the Browns. Uh, and I'm not sure that there's another one that's all that close that they've beaten. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm so, trying to think. Like you Tennessee, could argue it's t- the most talented one they've played. I'd say Philadelphia is a little bit more talented, but uh, of the of you know, the teams that they've beat, I think Tennessee might be the best right now. And they still. That's they the had, other weird thing about this Browns team. Tennessee smoked them. Yes, in week but one. They, but they beat the Ravens by 15. So weird team. Yeah, and a team that could team. get it rolling at a moment's notice and and that's sort of the the weird part about trying to figure out this game i mean the bills are underdogs mm-hmm. to a two and 16 really weird mm-hmm. yeah three point underdogs um i i, I kind of want to go back to the to the run defense because you know it was it was a huge topic and they made a move um midweek to sign cory legit um formerly of the San Diego and LA Chargers, uh, most recently of the Oakland Raiders, I believe. Um, he is coming in as a defensive tackle. They need some help there. Don't know if he'll be active, but it's a clear-as-day sign that uh, the Bills have not been happy enough or that they're concerned with what is happening in the middle of their defense. Uh, but it hasn't been like a, a full game sort of thing. 
And that's one one of the things I asked Sean McDermott about on Thursday was because if we if we think back, I mean, just remember the Giants game, how they came out, you know, it, it was their first drive where they just completely ran over the Bills and then they figured it out after that. Then Cincinnati even got on the outside and was able to do some things. Tennessee was able to have some bigger moments with Derrick Henry as their runner. And then, of course, we know what happened with Philadelphia with with the huge play uh, for 65 yards that basically defined their day. But this past week was another story of that. And I know everyone remembers what Adrian Peterson did in the second quarter, but outside of those, uh, those five plays that went for 91 yards... Adrian Peterson, I think, ended the day with only 10 additional yards on top of it or or fairly close to that. It was definitely under 20. Um, so it's just like I, I understand uh, there's definitely cause for concern and why they are allowing this to happen and why they have these these mental gaffes to get them out of these positions or something that the opposition is doing. But they have, for whatever it's worth, have been able to correct it in-game to where it's not a total game problem like it was a couple of years ago in 2017 where teams were just running all over them. So I wonder if maybe we're thinking too much about it or if that's possible or if that... um, or if perhaps this is a, it's still a problem that they have yet to fix, but perhaps have the pieces to do it. I, I don't know. I, I'm not out on this run defense yet. I still think there's there's some potential for them to kind of figure it out here. Yeah, it's it's funny because when you look at the numbers, you know, the raw numbers in totality and where they stand and everything like that, and the the games, um, you know, where they things have gotten away from them a little bit. I think you see, you know, this this picture of a defense that is struggling against the run and and you know, you can you poke around on um various fantasy sites as I do I'm I'm sure and you see people saying, "Oh, what a great matchup, you know, for Nick Chubb, a dream matchup." And I don't disagree. I mean, I it's not that I think Nick Chubb will have a bad game because he's a good player, but I do think that the Bills' issues on run defense aren't... Like, I don't think they're incapable of having a good game of run defense is probably the way I would put it. I I think they're more than capable of playing a solid game against the run. It's consistency that seems to be hurting them. And, you know, it really is a lot of the stuff that they talk about. You know, the the gap integrity thing has become a bit of an eye roller, but you know, when you, when you're playing in the defensive scheme that they play in and you kind of, you know, cheat your gap a little bit or try to make too much happen, it leaves enough of a crease where a good running back is going to take advantage of it. And Adrian Peterson is that type of back. And, you know, Miles Sanders is fast enough to, to take one to the house. That's where, the Browns are absolutely the type of team where a couple of plays can really hurt you. Uh, if if you're out of position or off your off your game, not shedding a block quick enough, Nick Chubb will go for big yardage. Kareem Hunt will go for big yardage. If you try to stack the box and you know don't respect Odell Beckham's vertical speed, 
Odell Beckham will hurt you. So that's where this is a big test for the defense in that when they play their game and when everybody's doing their thing, they're fine. They, they can you know play a, a strong game uh, wire to wire on defense, but it's it's when they're you know it, it's when they make those little mistakes that things can add up. Yeah, I I agree with you there, and they they do need to be on their their best behavior in in this game because you know you, you brought up the name Kareem Hunt, and that's a home run sort of potential player that might not get a ton of run, but still he's someone to be cognizant of whenever he's in the game and they have to make sure they have all the precautions there uh in place because if if he gets going a lot like miles sanders did a couple of weeks ago i mean there's you're you're not going to catch that guy um same uh and with nick chubb he's a little bit more of a patient runner not really like the the huge speed guy, but he, he churns out four and five yard gains just by um, having the patience to kind of see how the play kind of sets up. And I'll be honest, I, I was expecting more out of Cleveland's offensive line when I went through and watched them, uh, specifically from their left guard, uh, Batonio, because he's always been one of these, or noted as one of these these top guys. And I thought he really struggled against Denver last week. Now that's not to say he he can't doesn't have the potential to pick it back up this week, but you know, the pretty much from left to right, there are question marks for Cleveland along the offensive line. Greg Robinson is their starting left tackle somehow. Um he has not been great this year and is definitely able to be beaten. Um JC Treader, who's a a local guy, uh, he is, had, got thrown around a couple of times against Denver. Um, Wyatt Teller severely struggled. And um, down the stretch of that game, the, the Browns actually had the ball in Denver territory. Uh, it was a third and one. And um, they tried to run the ball with Nick Chubb. All Wyatt Teller needed to do was hold his block against Derek Wolf, the defensive end, just a little bit. But... Wolf completely blew right past him. He gets right into the middle behind three other offensive linemen. Chubb has to change his course to the outside, and they end up getting a three-yard loss. And and then they uh, throw an incomplete pass on fourth down, and from there the game was over. But that would have been prevented had Wyatt Teller just blocked his man straight up. And they, they quite possibly could have come away with a victory there, but because their offensive line let him down. So Chubb and Hunt definitely have the talent but I think the one area that might be working in the Bills favor is that the offensive line for the Browns leaves a lot to be desired and uh, I I would even argue they're uh, they're performing uh, worse than what Washington did last week and certainly they're a far cry from what Philadelphia was a couple weeks ago yeah they've got holes up front for sure and I think They've had their moments, but pass protection has been a problem for them as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of what has hindered Baker Mayfield in his second season where uh, he's taken a pretty significant step backwards, and uh, a lot of that has to do with what's going on up front. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the coaching and and the, you know, just the overall game planning and and sort of the positions they're putting him in, I guess, is – not always ideal and he's 
he's got a lot uh, on his shoulders as well in terms of you know taking some of the blame uh mayfield does but that offensive line is part of it and we saw the bills pass rush heat up a little bit last week against another quarterback who was holding on to the ball so this might be another chance for them to to get home on some of these pass rushes and Mm -hmm. um and you know not like i said don't let confidence creep in for Baker Mayfield because right. we saw towards the end of last season what can happen when he gets rolling. So get on him early. Um, get in his head early with, with some pressure and and make sure that he can't get comfortable because if he can, uh, you know, he can get rolling. He hasn't done it really much at all this year, um, but it is something that he's done. And he was a number one overall pick. He's He's got a ton of talent and – uh, when he has that confidence to go with it, it's a, a pretty dangerous combination. So that all plays into it. And I think, you know, the this offensive line for the Browns will play a big role in this game because if they can't get the running game going early and if Baker Mayfield's under pressure early, then it could be a long day for that offense. Yeah, and I, I found it interesting with the whole Baker thing. And, you know, this was really my first time getting to – go and watch in depth one of these other quarterbacks from the same draft class as Josh Allen because when they played Darnold at the beginning of the year it didn't really count because you know you're looking at preseason stuff and the late game uh, stuff from last year and you know you you can you can figure out a bit from that but it's nothing like actually having regular season games to to look at and I'll tell you what like I was very concerned watching Baker Mayfield about his future because when you watch him play I don't know if this is a a Freddie Kitchens thing because by many accounts he has been an absolute disaster as a head coach there and you know having their number one overall draft pick and quarterback not look great this year is certainly grounds for um expulsion more more than anything but he's still there uh but when baker mayfield is going back to pass i'm not seeing him go through his reads a ton and i don't know if that's a design of kitchen's offense he'll do it every once and again sometimes he'll he'll fake looking over at the other side just to try and get his his uh, intended target or his number one read open. But a lot of times it's just stare down guy, see if it's open and throw him open if it's not. And that's, that's somewhat of a concern for me with him, especially with how poorly the offensive line in front of him is blocking as well. Uh, He just, it, it's, it doesn't look right. And I know I've watched Josh Allen a, a ton more than, than Baker Mayfield, but if I'm a Bills fan and a Browns fan, I'm almost feeling a lot more confident um, if I'm a Bills fan right now with the progress that Josh Allen has made as opposed to the regression that Baker Mayfield has um, so far this season. And I, I was not expecting that going going and watching Baker. I thought maybe he was just kind of the best guy that's, uh, you know, uh, teammates around him are failing. But I was I was not impressed at all um, by what he did against Denver last week. And, um, you know, maybe that's just a one-week thing, but, you know, that's uh, I, I think it's fairly indicative of the rest of his season. He at least didn't turn the ball over, which was which was a good feature, but 
That's a uh, that's uh, I, Cleveland fans have to be kind of uh, feeling like oh crap, did we screw this up again? And that's that's not a great feeling for them, especially with how he started. Yeah, how he started still gives me you know some reason to believe that he's going to figure it out. Yeah, and you would hope so I, for him. I would say that way, the way he finished the season was probably still the best stretch of play we've seen from a quarterback in that class, probably outside of, I guess you could make a case for Lamar Jackson's first, uh, what, seven or eight games this season. Um, he's certainly been really, really good as well. Um, and those two, I still think are probably, you know, the, the best of this class and they've, their high-end performances have been the best in this class. But what concerns you about Mayfield, if you're a Browns fan, is sort of the whole infrastructure, right? We already talked about the offensive line not being great, but also just the coaching and, and the environment over there. It's bad. Josh Allen Josh Allen's the you know will probably have a third season – with the same coach and coordinator. I don't think Brian Dable's going to get plucked away as a head coach. Yeah. And, you know, there's value in that. Uh, and it could be a blessing in disguise for Baker Mayfield that, you know, look, they made the wrong decision, but they'll get it right this time, right? That Freddie Kitchens has been so bad that he hasn't, Baker Mayfield and all this talent haven't been able to mask that this guy is a, a fraud of a coach. But, they have to get the next one right, and when have the Browns ever done that? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I think you've seen a lot over the years how much coaching matters with these quarterbacks now. And you know, Jared Goff is a good example. Uh, Carson Wentz uh, is a good example. Landed in a great situation, and perhaps in the right spot, Baker Mayfield could you know, with the right coach, with the right combination, he'll find that groove again. But it's fair to wonder if he's going to find it again with Freddie Kitchens because um, these first eight games have been have been a mess. See, I, I go back and forth with, with this game in particular because part of me thinks like, oh, Cleveland's going to be hyped up. They're at home after just losing on the road in a disappointing way to a Denver team that they probably should have beat. But the other part of it is like what you mentioned a little bit earlier is this fan base going to get totally up in arms with within the first moment of poor play that they just completely turn on them and it's just like a, a negative atmosphere the entire day and the Bills go in there and and win and perhaps do do enough to maybe even get Freddie Kitchens fired. I, I mean, it, it's it's not outside of the realm of possibilities that Freddie Kitchens is the first head coach to get fired this year, which is kind of shocking because... Well, Jay Gruden already got fired. Oh, that's true. Well, the next one, I, I, I should say. Um, I, I forgot about Jay Gruden. He was, How dare you? He was utterly forgettable. Um, he was. But the next Good one... Good times, though. Yeah, yeah, great times. The next one. Is there anyone else really on, on the short list here besides him? I don't know. I don't... Gase? Not that I can think of. Adam. Yeah, Gase. <laughs> Gase could. Yeah, that's the funny thing. And that's where, you know, I say, like, you look at Josh Rosen has bounced around and, you know, obviously 
you can't really draw up a worse uh, map for a quarterback in his first couple of years than Rosen. But then you have Darnold and Mayfield who have dealt, they're going to be on their third coaches probably entering their third season. And that's not how you draw it up, quite frankly. Uh, and it's possible you can turn it around and figure it out, but it's just not not the ideal situation. And that's where this game, I think, it is tricky because there's a lot of logical reasons to pick the Browns from a matchup standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they haven't been... I mean, last week was a, a disappointing game for them, but that's on the road in a tough place to play mm-hmm. in Denver uh, against a pretty good defense. At New England the week before, their defense played well in that game, uh, really kept the Patriots in check. They lost by two touchdowns because uh, of turnovers that, that led to New England points. Seattle, they only lose by four, uh, and Baker had a an okay day. He threw three picks, but, um, you know, was... They're still, even when Baker Mayfield isn't perfect, they're throwing the ball a lot. They're staying aggressive and and trying to create those big plays. They got embarrassed by the 49ers, 31-3, on the road. I mean, San Fran looks like one of the best teams in the league. But then, you know, they beat Baltimore by 15 yeah, on the road. that was a weird result. Only lost to the Rams by a touchdown. Beat the Jets handily uh, with without Sam Darnold, but still, you know, by 20 points but also got stomped by the Titans. So like this is a really weird team and they're two and six, but they seem like they're better than two and six. So, but that's, that's the whole know. thing. Are they, I'm not sure that they but, are, <laughs> but they're not because yeah. when you're wild, when you're that wildly inconsistent and when you've played a schedule that is that, I mean, games against the Titans, Jets, Rams, Ravens, 49ers, Seahawks, Patriots, and Broncos. Hard to say that you would, even at the beginning of the year, have expected them to win, um, you know, more than, what, three or four of those. So um, for them to be so disappointing uh, and not the best, you know, not living up to their talent, the fact that they've only won two, I guess, shouldn't be that big of a shock. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Some of the the matchup disparities that I'll be writing about um, for the game preview that'll come out on on uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, Some of the ones that I think can have a major impact in this game, one of which being Jarvis Landry against Taron Johnson. Um, They look for Landry a ton. And it's, it's funny because Baker Mayfield um, earlier in the week said the whole, we need to force feed Odell Beckham Jr. Well, the first thing is he has to look at him because he doesn't really look at Odell Beckham, which is kind of shocking considering that he's one of the best receivers in the league. But they they looked for Jarvis Landry in clutch situations a lot in that game. And Taron Johnson's going to have to be able to prove that he can go toe-to-toe with Jarvis Landry, who's much more physical than he is. And uh, so that that might be a matchup to keep an eye on. Also, uh, Jerry Hughes up against Greg Robinson. I think that that could go very, very well for the Bills. And uh, there, there are some other things in there, but there are no matter which way you look at it, both have some major matchup disparities to where the the team that gets the better of those uh, will wind up becoming victorious in this game. And, you know, I'm, I'm throwing records out, but this is a, 
you can tell the talent is there, but they're also not so talented in a lot of different areas. And um, that's why it's this spread is the way that it is. I mean, it's essentially a pick em. The The Browns are three-point favorites, and that's the usual rule of thumb spread for a, a home a home team that isn't really a favorite. That it's just, if it was a neutral field, it would probably be just a pick em at that point. So that leads us to our... Shaq Lawson meditation prediction hour. So uh, without further ado, Matthew Fairburn, who do you have in this game? Cleveland minus three and also straight up and why? I'm picking the Bills to win and obviously cover uh, if they win. I'm not super confident in it, but I have a hard time picking again. This is a game that they should win. And I know that Cleveland has talent you know I think their defense is more talented than than the the numbers would indicate because they've had some injuries Uh, and so I don't anticipate the Bills are going to light up the scoreboard because that has been the one safe bet with this team all year is that they won't do that (laughs) right but I also think that their defense should be able to limit this offense that has been this Browns offense that's been frankly, a mess, uh, you know, just an inconsistent mess um, throughout the season. They've had a few games uh, here and there, but they've really been all over the map, and Baker Mayfield has thrown plenty of interceptions. So if turnovers are, are going to be the story, then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll count on the Bills' defense to to make a few of those and, and do enough to get, get a win, I, I think. They really should win this game, and it's one that is shaping up to be pretty substantial for their their playoff hopes. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the Bills in this game, and when I was going into watching the Cleveland game, I I was like, all right, I don't I don't honestly I have no opinion about who's going to win this game, even going into this. But spotting some of the weaknesses that Cleveland has, I think they're going to be difficult to overcome for them. One of which is something I mentioned. Jerry Hughes up against Greg Robinson, their left tackle. I don't think he is that good at all. And if Baker Mayfield holds on to the ball a little bit too long, I think Hughes will have some opportunities to get into the backfield. Also, at right guard, it seems like they're going to be starting former Bills draft pick Wyatt Teller right there. And he did not play well last week. In fact, he was a a pretty big weakness for them. But they just put him in the starting lineup last week. They have to give him another another start. I guess they don't have to, but uh, they just traded for the guy. They traded a, a fifth and sixth and got a seventh in return along with him. Struggled with, with stunts. Uh, struggled straight up uh, against power, against speed. I think Jordan Phillips and Ed Oliver, whoever's in there, will have a pretty good time working against him when they actually allow him to go into a one-on-one matchup. So I think those are a couple matchups I'm keeping an eye on. And then when the Bills are on offense, I don't think this is a Frank Gore day because the Cleveland defensive line, they are really good from left to right. Olivier Vernon may not play. He didn't practice on Wednesday. I don't. I didn't see if he practiced on, on Thursday just yet. Uh, but in the middle, Larry Ogunjabi um, is awesome as a one technique. 
Uh, Sheldon Richardson is still a super good player. Miles Garrett is a hell-raising pass rusher and is a good run defender. So he is uh, that defensive line right there. They are solid, and it's going to be tough to run on them between the tackles, I think, which lines up a Devin Singletary day. Not only trying to get outside of those guys, but I think also as a pass catcher, that could where that could be where he becomes most effective against the Browns in this game. And if he continues to have sort of the impact, and uh, Cleveland had some issues tackling after the catch last week, and that might end up biting them again this week if if they don't uh, do a better job at them at it. So I like for those reasons, I like the Bills in this game. I think it'll be fairly close, but I also think it has the potential to where if the Bills get up and the Browns start to get down on themselves, then they could potentially run away with it. And not saying like a 30-point victory or anything like that, but a Bills type of run away with it. Like, I don't know, how about a 14-point win? Um, I'm, I'm not predicting that, but I think it has the potential to do that based on how things might go in Cleveland. If there's one thing that we know about the Cleveland crowd, it's awfully similar when things are going poorly to a Buffalo crowd. And so I, I, I kind of think we have a, a good idea how, how that'll go if, if things start poorly there. Perhaps we'll get a repeat of the 6-3 game. I do not want that. <laughs> I, I would sign up for it. You would? Why not? Are you kidding? I think I'm here for memorable games. I think you're and mostly kidding. I said I said the six three game, and you knew exactly what I was talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, but only because it's you can't sucked. say that about all games. Yeah, look, we've watched a lot of bad games. Yeah. We might as well watch the worst one. <laughs> is my point. <laughs> I guess I, I suppose that's fair. All right, so we both have the Bills to win, and and by proxy to cover. Last week, we were both correct, so we'll see if uh, we can make it uh, two for two since uh, since the Philadelphia game. All right, Matthew, any final comments for the peeps? Nothing other than the fact that I'm now predicting it will be six to three bills. <laughs> well, at least you're staying on brand. Just to pull for it. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Okay, so the next time we will talk with you all will be after the game where the Bills take on the Browns. Uh, we'll be in Cleveland to see if they can actually get to 7-2 and two on the season. It'll be a lot of fun, or if it winds up 6-3, to three, perhaps no fun at all. But uh, we'll, we'll be here for you regardless. And if you want to get a Cleveland Browns perspective on things, by the way, because I'm sure it's a lot more, why is this going wrong? Why is that going wrong? Be sure to tune into On the Athletic Podcast Network, one of the best named pods going civilized barking uh where you step inside the dog pound with the athletic zach jackson and he brings you the latest on the cleveland browns every single week with exclusive audio and special guests on the show i will be one of those special guests wow tomorrow so yeah be sure to tune into civilized barking for the for more matthew fairburn if you haven't gotten enough there's more to come especially when he spouts off about six to three on civilized barking I might I might bring it up. <laughs> Everyone will be better for it. Okay. So uh, for Matthew Fairburn, my name is Joe Biscalia. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Buffalo Beat, and we will talk to you on Sunday after the game. See you then.